3: Welcome to the Pulp Wrap-Up Show. This is Darkseid from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at Pulpamex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. If you jam carrots up your ass and in your ear... And only YouTube do you, people
0: do that, Do you right? do
4: some damage? Listen, mm-hmm. you... You... Num, num num You This video you made... You're rattled. You're a Lord of the Berms. I know you're a berm lord because Texas and everything... Yeah
0: and i really sound like an asshole saying top 10 in a 450 professional motocross is sucking Send the check with with in the mail with eli's check
4: yeah there you go right yeah.
0: Yeah. that you... one got lost it's baby jesus it was fun until the quads showed up
4: <laughs> 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 the quads ruin everything don't they
0: it's a sticky place that you're just not supposed to put it cheers, cheers. just a little better than a ray
1: i was like i was like already packed my bags and fucking call a flight
4: it was a fucking greasy move with the swap moto test Max Anstey suck balls, and the dickhead fell over. Yeah. Fuck him. He sucks. Yeah. Looks like this asshole can't even break the top 20. Maybe, maybe Max went home and did terror a new one. I feel
2: like Talon has more Jumanji down there than I would. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty used to getting beat by the time I was 10, so... I think Brad's a douchebag,
4: and I think he thinks I'm a douchebag, so cool.
3: What's up? Hope you guys are ready for this week's Pulp and Mix wrap-up show. I'm Darkseid from the Moto X-Pod show, and this week I'm brought to you by Steel Savers. My guests this week are a couple of Texas privateers... First up, brought to you by Guts Racing, Van Martin. What's up, buddy?
5: What's up, so I'm pumped to be on.
3: Yeah, finally got a chance. You're usually uh, giving lessons on Wednesday, so it's rare for you to be available.
5: Yeah, definitely. I've kind of, uh, kind of got my schedule down a little bit more to where I don't have to be given lessons at night or in the evenings anymore, oh, nice. so... Yeah, so I'm on the daytime program, like Kiefer.
3: I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, next up, a recent co-host, brought to you by Michelin bicycle tires, Cheyenne Harmon. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. You doing any uh, two-stepping or boot scooting today?
6: No, not today. We're full. We're full. Millville mode. Getting ready to to go to go race. Uh, so yeah, no, no two step in the day.
3: No <laughs> we had a little discussion, I think, at Oak Hill about music and hamburger joints. So, yeah, yeah, in and out sucks, <laughs> man. <laughs> John, go
1: Whataburger,
3: ahead. man. Whataburger, man. Waterburger. Go ahead. I hear you trying to chime in. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Whataburger all day.
3: Okay. Yeah. This uh, the Pulpamex wrap up show this week is over. Let me get. Some- <laughs> In and out, in and out, uh, baby, in and out. I only no. go to I only go to Whataburger after midnight when nothing else is available. Sorry what about the patty melt, I hate bro. That, <laughs> the patty melts are right. it's fine, dude. You man. can't go wrong with the number one with cheese. Like, come on, yeah, number one at In and Out, double double, uh, whatever. All right, all right, enough enough uh, food talk uh, this week, man. A <laughs> lot of great guests. I th- I thought the show was fucking great, man. Great co-host. Great guests. A new guest. Uh, this week, it's show 471 with Charles Casloo in studio from 100% Goggles. On the line, Joey Savacci, Caleb Russell, the return of Will Hahn, and a first-time guest, Billy Grotto from Twisted Tea. Van, man, what, what were your thoughts on overall on 471?
5: Man, I thought it was really good. Um, I liked – you know, Charles is always good to be in the studio. He's so – I relate to Charles like so well. I've known him literally since I was like in diapers. Yeah, um, yeah. Charles used to actually bring me around to the track and bring me riding at like three pumps of local tracks. He like helped train me. When he was a bad deer racing pro and was bringing me to track. So it's it's cool to hear uh, Charles in the studio. And then, yeah, Will's back. That's, that was cool to hear. He's always very entertaining. And, uh, yeah, and Caleb... I, I I've talked to Caleb a few times too. He's super cool and he was really open on the show. Uh Billy was super rad. Like kinda uh impressed me for sure. And uh yeah, this overall it was super entertaining the whole show was.
3: Awesome. How about you, shy What'd you think of episode four seventy one? Well,
6: I don't think there's ever been a bad episode,
3: but uh <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> right. no, was good.
0: Yeah, that
6: right. no, was good. I uh like Monday nights, like my, like, that's like my news night. I just sit in sit in my beanbag and I watch the pulp show. But, uh, yeah, no, it was good. Um, always good to, to hear different opinions from everybody. It was, uh, you know, I grew up racing off road, so it was cool hearing Caleb Russell on there and kind of talk about, you know, his, um, switch over to racing motocross and, uh, the pressure he's getting from, you know, Roger and the higher ups at KTM. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's always cool. I think it's cool when people are open about things that are going on and just not just being black and white. You know, it's always good when, in my opinion, when people are just tell it how it is and they're like, "Yeah, I'm getting pressure and things need to get better" or whatever. So, uh, that was probably my favorite interview of the
3: night. Nice. Well, we're gonna get to all that here in just a minute. So I'm glad you brought that up because we we're gonna talk about that with the Joey Savassi segment also. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really great. They started off with a discussion about the the video that Mark's made about Aaron Plessinger. Did either one of you watch that?
6: I'm so mm-hmm. proud to be part of this carrot earfuckers group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I really feel I really feel like I'm helping. I help pioneer this. Yeah, yeah. I was I was there, you know. But that yeah, that video was fucking awesome.
3: Well, yeah. He, so he made a, a quick little video with the description: Star Racing running out of money. For bonuses, sabotage this Plessinger just basically as a joke. Kind of feel like it was uh, in reference to maybe some of the Hopper videos. Uh, But this leads into a discussion uh, about the Steve brings up what is up with YouTube people?
4: This is the shit that gets views, man. The greatest part is
0: you made the video.
4: I know. I read the comments and they're like, oh.
0: And then you, you say he doesn't make YouTube videos a dozen times and then there's still people that think he makes the video
4: yeah like what people really think steve's over here making youtube videos chuck what is up with those people on youtube like what's wrong with them it's
0: uh, like do those people not have other social media is there like a a a population of people that only get on youtube that's what i was saying like do
4: they do they not go to racer x or swap moto or vital uh, or anywhere is it
0: just like random people that don't know anything about a motorcycle that then just see it and like somehow decide they want to comment and talk shit i don't understand it like how how do those people not have a brain that can see other sources? i don't know man i don't know man even if the source isn't racerx.com to get like a, a really good i just credible source anywhere they don't see it right. on like right instagram facebook right i think the youtube commenting population is just
4: again like if i like motocross like oh i like motocross
0: you're subscribing and following something I, I, on YouTube. i'm gonna
4: go learn more about motocross i'm gonna watch it on tv oh look there's a site called racer x oh there's a site called swap moto what else is going on here yeah. let me read these guys let me like what w- what is wrong with these people
0: yeah, even if they go to vitals forum for their source they're still more educated <laughs> listen right
1: i
3: will i will say i'm all about people being involved in the sport like in any way shape or form but some of the stuff that that these people are getting into is just it's a little silly to me it, 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 like,
4: it, i imagine the other sports have this same stuff as oh, type yeah. of shit it's not just sure. supercross motocross right yeah so but why yeah why why youtube is it is again it, carrots is it carrots
0: <laughs> it must be clearly there's
4: carrots if you jam carrots up your ass and in your ear and only youtube you, people do that do you right? do some damage
3: all right, Shyan, uh, I'm going to go to you first on this. <laughs> I was waiting for your laugh with the carrot to discuss, but uh, so he's he's not like like it, it's a relevant or it's a uh, relevant discussion, right? Because there are some odd things that get put up on YouTube that people or even Vital, it's very similar, where people say these crazy uh, predictions or news stories or whatever, and then people believe they just go all in. And they don't even seem to check the really relevant or the, the pre- premier sources. Like he said, racer X, trans world, X, whatever. It's very strange. Yeah. I mean,
6: <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, these guys are looking for clickbait. I feel like, I mean, this hopper dude, uh, again, I, I don't know the dude personally, just I've seen his videos and he seems like he knows a little bit about racing. I feel like he knows better than a lot of the things he's saying. So it kind of makes me think it's just for clickbait. And I mean, Hey, if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I mean, that's kind of how I think about it. Okay. Uh, the, the only positive you can take from this is I feel like dumb stuff that gets put out like that. At least there's people maybe from the outside, not in racing that like see it. And maybe it's, you know, there's getting more uh, conspiracy theories, so to say yeah. that might d- draw People into the sport, which is always good. More people, the better for our sport, I would say. So I think that's a positive you can look at. That more people are coming through and seeing and hearing stuff. But I mean, but yeah, I mean, far it's not, as it's not
3: for me, it's just not my yeah. Far, my taste. far
6: yeah, I mean, far as far as you know, people like you or you know, people who are in the industry, like it's just like, dude, what. Oh fuck! That I just watch. It's I had a great reference um, told to me earlier. It's like on Billy Madison when he's in kindergarten and he's <laughs> sitting there and and listening to story time. Yeah, it's just like what is dumb.
3: <laughs> okay, Van, your thoughts. I want to get your thoughts also. But yeah, it kind of. Ba- I, I like what Sean kind of point out. Like if there's some random fan that finds one of these crazy videos, just by or not even a random fan, a random person that finds these videos and he goes, huh, I kind of want to know more about the sport now. I guess that would be a positive, but I find it hard to believe that's bringing in any people. But what do you think about the, what Steve said about the YouTube people?
5: Yeah, I mean, y'all you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's total clickbait is yeah. what it is. And <clears throat> I don't know, it, it could be good for the sport in a way bringing more eyes to it, but also makes uh, makes the sport look dumb in a way. Um, and, like, those, those rumors are just kind of stupid and, I don't know, total clickbait. I mean, it's yeah. all they're looking for, and uh, uh, I don't know. Well, it's Mark's, dumb to me, too.
3: Yeah, Mark said the video, the, the fake video he made, which was really zero, it was a blank screen, or it was just a frozen picture after a little bit. It was like 10 seconds, and then it was frozen picture, He's like, yeah, this has gotten more, more clicks than a lot of the videos we post. So, I mean, that's proof right there that this goofy, crazy – the people click on it for what the description is. You, maybe that's what I need to start doing is just making some shit up. Like, uh, yeah. hey, have you guys heard um, – well, I, I don't, the people listening, if you guys don't know any better, Cheyenne Harmon and Van Martin, who are on the phone right now, they fucking hate each other. Like, they're, you know, they're <laughs> Texas boys, but when they come race at these local Texas races – it's nasty. It's nasty. <laughs> yeah, but they'll Just to mics with each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah that straight. would
5: that would that would get more views for sure. Absolutely, you should, you should advertise that,
3: I, I, and I may do that at my next the next uh, <laughs> Pony Pod show. Uh, <laughs> let's get into Joey Savachi into his segment, man. Um, first of all, Van, do you know Joey very well, and if not, or either either way, what was your opinion of Joey? Before the last couple of appearances on Pulp where he talked about the mental health stuff and anxiety, what were your thoughts on him?
5: Yeah, I know I know Joey really well. Actually, we raced against each other since we were really young in amateurs and okay like our last few years in amateurs like we were hanging out like I mean we'd only see each other seven, eight times a year at all these amateur nationals, but we were like really, really close friends and uh I was actually with him when he met his wife at Loretta's, he kind of uh, touched on that on the show. Uh, no, He actually said that it was on the uh, on the uh, TV segment, you know, when they're asking about their his wife and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was actually with them when they met. So, yeah, I've known Joey for a long time and he's always been super open. If you know him personally and you're in his tight circle, you know, he'll, he'll talk about anything. But there was a couple years there on PC um, where he was you know, he was getting a lot of shit for him getting second and being pissed, you know, or him winning and being pissed, mm-hmm. and um, people started to hate on him for that a little bit. But he definitely came around since he started to be on the show more and showed more personality that he's always had. And just like uh, Charles touched on it too, that's why him and Joey are just such good friends because they just talk about other bullshit besides racing.
3: Right, And
5: right. Uh, yeah, Joey's always had that, like a really good personality. Now he's, he's actually starting to show it a lot more, especially come on the show a little bit more and um, being more open. And I think it's getting, he's getting more fan love now because of it, just being more open in general.
3: Okay. What about you, uh, Cheyenne? I mean, do you have any thoughts on him? Uh, Cause I appreciate him coming on and being open about this stuff. And I'm going to play a piece of audio from Monday night in a second, but um, what are your, what are your overall thoughts on Joey and what he had to say?
6: Yeah. I mean, I don't really know him personally at all just okay. from, you
5: know,
6: racing. That's it. Um, yeah, know, I mean, like I, like I said earlier, it's always good. I feel like when you can get some of these guys who you, nobody really knows too much about, so to say, other than what they just see on TV or on the track to open up. Yeah. I think it uh, definitely helps with their fan base, helps people who relate to them more. Um,
3: but yeah. yeah I mean, uh, he he touched on that.
6: Yeah. So I think it's good that, uh, you know, he, he's open he seems like a good dude. He's obviously got a lot of talent. Um, you know, as far as the mental health stuff goes, you know, I mean, I feel like almost every racer at some point in our career has dealt with some kind of depression or something, you know, through, through some hard times or whatever it may be. So, um, I, I just think it's good when when people can open up like that because there is a lot of people who do struggle with mental health that nobody you know that that you would never maybe know yeah
4: yeah
6: um and when you can get somebody of his level to kind of be open about it, I think that okay. maybe inspires other people to maybe want to be open or talk to somebody about it
3: all right well, let's listen to a little bit of it, and then I've got a few thoughts
0: People right. almost liked it's kind of the openness literally. I agree I think I they totally agree. Yeah. yeah absolutely I mean,
3: that's the thing like people they
7: I'm a hard person to understand because I've been down the route of being a very open spoken person and just saying what I want, and it's bit me before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've kind of, as I've gotten older, been a very closed book, kind of the state of myself type person, which is not necessarily the best thing. But, you know, so then when I do speak out and, you know, tell the truth and how I feel about it, then people are very quick to be like, oh, he's complaining. He's, you know, he's bitching. He's doing this and that. And I'm like, and that's the, that exact backlash is some of the reason why I stopped being the person that I once was. This is because you know you get tired of people just constantly dragging on you. I like I like being open. I wish I could be more open, but you just well, get tired of people. There's a lot more media involved when you're closer to the front than when you're in tenth, which under, understandably so. You know most people don't want to see what's going on in tenth. They want to know who's winning. And
0: if Joey goes on a rant about how he crashed last week and hurt yeah. his shoulder and you know he really wasn't feeling good, people go, "Oh, he's fucking making excuses and whatever." If Correct. if he says. Oh, it was a great race. I did really good. My Dunlop right. tires hooked up, thanks to whatever. Yeah. People are like, "Oh, he's just a robot, doesn't say anything." Like, you're yeah, you're damned but, if you do, damned if you don't. But, in look, that but, that ten second interview,
4: I would 100% advise Joey to go back to the way he used to be, because and, and ignore the people that say excuses. Who
0: gives a shit? You're gonna right. catch either way, yeah. so right. whatever.
4: You there might you. as well.
7: There we go, Joey. We figured it out. It's a lot harder to dig out of that when you're not getting TV time. I will say that, but sure. trust me. I- I would love to go back to being the more open person, and I, it is something that I work on. But dude, it's become such a habit for me to just be a closed book and just kind of show up, do my stuff, and leave.
3: I feel like we could talk for an hour on a lot of the points in that small little two minute clip that was talked about. But first thing I want to say is like i I've dealt with, or I've my my ex now went to school for like drug and alcohol counseling and dealing with anxiety. So I've heard a lot, you know, I've read a lot, and listened to her talk about this stuff a lot, and it pains me to hear him say that he can't be himself because, like you said, Cheyenne, we all have dealt with, not just racers, everybody has dealt with depression or some sort of anxiety. And then to know that this guy is like, well, I can't be myself because I'm going to get shit on, and some people can deal with that. Some people can just say, all right, well, that's just part of it. His personality, clearly it bothers him, so he shut himself out. He's not being as open generally as we would like. On the Pulp Show, he's been pretty open. He's probably done that in some other interviews, long form maybe, but when he's on the podium or when he's at the races, he closes off. And, dude, man, that makes me feel really bad for him on a personal level. That's not a comfortable way to, to live, and we've seen other racers in the past. You know, maybe it leads to depression. Maybe it leads to... You know, even in life, it could lead to alcohol and drug abuse or whatever. Once it's just kind of a scary situation, and I feel really bad for the guy after hearing him. But I am also happy, Van, that he opens up on the show and discusses it, so maybe it will open some eyes.
5: Yeah, a hundred percent. You got to be happy for him because I mean, just like y'all were saying and what they said on the show, it's. I mean, really, we're all people like. Yeah. all us racers are supposed to be so hardcore and um so tough that i mean we're kind of raised that you don't really want to show pain you know you don't want to show what you're actually going through to the public really you kind of block it out because you want to be a tough moto dude but right right um him him opening up is almost like tougher in a way oh absolutely Yeah yeah it's uh it's it's cool to see you all in general like just him him opening up and letting everyone know kind of what's going on and and it'll it'll really gain him more respect in the long run
3: yeah and Cheyenne what Casloo said like you're gonna you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't right people are gonna shit on you if you're honest people are gonna shit on you if you just do your sponsor reads on the podium whatever like you might as well just like be yourself right you, i mean but that's easier said than done for some people but it's a really good point
6: yeah no it definitely is i mean it, that's kind of really what it comes down to is, is just be yourself do what makes you happy um and, and not try to please everybody because you're just you're not gonna right. not possible you know so you might basically doing that you're almost catering to a crowd uh, a certain crowd of people if you act a certain way and um, I, I think it's just more important to be yourself. And I think a lot of the writers who are themselves, um, uh, you know, they, I mean, Jet Lawrence is the best example. I mean, if I don't feel like the kid puts on the front I mean, he they both, him and his brother just both kind of say it how it is and they're, they're themselves. And they're probably two of the most popular dudes in the sport right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's important that, you know, you just be yourself, but at the same time, if you're going through stuff mentally and you're struggling, then, uh, it's very easy to shut people out and um, just kind of just be this black and white, so to say. And um, that's just something he's personally going to have to work through with himself.
3: Yeah. And Steve says all the time, like not everybody can be Adam Cianciarello or Jet Lawrence and have those personalities and that's okay. But the, the, the defining uh, idea here with him is he is kind of, he wants to be more open, but has been made to feel like he can't be, and that sucks. The, the only thing that really bothered me was he made a comment, and I don't remember the exact quote, but it was like saying, that, hey, the media is not as interested when you're back in 10th. And that kind of, like, I actually texted C right away. I was like, bullshit, dude. I have texted him seven, eight times this year when he's not done that well and been, like, trying to get him on the show because I still want to talk about his program, and he has not responded one single time. And I, even, I verified that the number was right. So that kind of like I was a little butthurt over that, but I was like, no, dude, I, I tried, but you're not responding. And maybe that's just the hole he's in right now where he doesn't want to do that. And, you know, and Steve is a bigger platform, so he chose to do it. But that was the only issue I had with it. But um, and they went on to discuss his, to discuss his Steve brought up his improvements and getting back to where he was. Supercross, I felt like.
4: There were some really good moments for you. Um, like you said, maybe some bad habits that you had to break. and But uh, there were some really good rides there. And I feel like you're slowly it, – it's like it's there, it's there, and then you kind of have a shitty race, but then it comes back. Like I feel like you're close to getting back to where you were.
7: Dude, honestly, like I've struggled with my starts this year more than ever before. And it's weird because I – You're generally a bad. good
4: starter. Yeah. yeah
7: missing a year and maybe Mm -hmm. the confidence isn't as high as it used to be like I still feel confident when I line up but um you know like at this point it's it's become one of the biggest issues I have and not saying that if I got the whole shot that that we'd be on the podium but getting the whole shot would be putting myself more up front Mm -hmm. and forcing myself in that situation and and getting my feet wet and it's hard to get your feet wet when you're not putting yourself you know, yeah. I do feel like the year is, is building and it's getting better. And, honestly, I, I do feel like I'm a couple of good starts away from, you know, breaking through to that next level right. for me, whether that next level for me is consistently inside the top seven.
4: Right. And then, you know, forward from that. For a prime example of that is, like, AP was having a so-so year, and then he started ripping starts and leading laps.
3: So, Shay, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, the The bad starts, especially when you're a guy – that usually does get good starts that's talk about the how that could wear on your confidence you know as a rider and then like it's it, it's probably almost impossible to turn that around sometimes cuz you just can't figure out what what's going on you get, it gets worse you you mentally start questioning yourself probably before you, the gate drops every race uh it's it's a very difficult hole to dig out of i'm sure
6: yeah this sport is so mental i mean yeah <clears throat> you I know for me, and I'm pretty sure it's every – you have to prove not only to everybody else, but you have to prove to yourself every single weekend that you can do it. Um, And when you start not getting good starts and you start maybe not getting the results that you expect, and you kind of almost dig yourself in this hole that's damn near sometimes impossible to get out of until you can finally just break through. Um, you know, and, and it's doable. I mean, look at guys like Cooper Webb and Plessinger, you know, um, they, they've all been able to do it. And, you know, and also missing a whole year with mm-hmm. everybody being as good as it is does not do yourself any favors either. So, I mean, I think the fact that he's still competitive in the top 10 um, after missing that whole year and not really having an off season, you know, switching to that new bike, and the KTM's or the Austrian bikes are such a different bike. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it is a motorcycle, but man, those bikes are, they're good, but they're just a learning curve. And if you don't have the proper amount of time to get used to it, and you're just kind of thrown out in the race situations a lot, um, which was kind of, for him, kind of just got, didn't get a lot of time on it. Um, you know, it's going to be tough, but um, yeah, he just, he just needs a breakthrough. He needs to start and, and put himself up there and remind himself and then. I feel like it'll come back. Um, hopefully he gets to stay with that team for next year and get a good off season. Cause you know, I think he's done proving it, that he's, he can be a top five, top three dude. Um, so uh, I hope it, I hope it all works out for him.
3: Absolutely. Hey Van, uh, you do a lot of your own bike work, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, how do you feel about changing out fork seals?
1: Uh.
5: I don't really do fork seals. I have my mechanic Well my, my buddy that's helped me out for a long time, Because it um, sucks, right? Yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, I've done some on my 110, but uh, never on the big bike, really. I just let someone else take care of it. Well, that's, it why, sucks.
3: that's why you should try Seal Savers, because it protects mm. your and dust and mud from getting into your fork seals. And seal, seal Savers, since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze, Check out their full line of motor products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 to save 25% off at Sealsavers.com. Uh, Cheyenne, how was uh, how was your experience at Pulp MX, uh, about a month or so ago?
6: Oh, it was so awesome.
3: Um, it's crazy because,
6: you know, the show is essentially what four or five hours long and nice. when you're there it it goes by really quick yes. so, but Yeah. so yeah no me yeah me and logan had a freaking blast uh it was it was just awesome we we had so much fun and i hope we get the chance to go do it again and uh you know it seems like a lot of people like the show too i got a lot of messages and i think he did too and a lot of comments seems like people enjoyed the episode and um we tried to have fun with it and yeah, it was it
3: was awesome. It was it, a great time. It was a good show, no doubt. What was something that you were most surprised about? Uh, like to me, because I do my own show, obviously, and, and, but like the the logistics of how the show works is so impressive to me. Bet- from talent taking calls and the way they communicate through the the messaging system, and Mark's doing the cameras, like it's just, it's really a well-oiled machine. But I don't think people realize how much really goes on behind the scenes that they don't see.
6: Yeah. And that was one thing I was interested about was to see how things work behind the scenes. I kind of had an idea for what I thought and, um, I wasn't too far off on it, but yeah, no, it's just, it's cool how, you know, how they run it and, and are turning it into something pretty prestigious in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it it was just, the whole experience was awesome. Um, you know, I don't know if there's one thing in particular that stood out that necessarily impressed me cuz it was all pretty impressive. So Okay. Um yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, it, oh it was just it was a great time and it's one of those things I'll never forget and hopefully get to do it again.
3: Hell yeah. Van, does Steve know you're a fan? Yeah, absolutely. I wonder why you haven't been in the studio yet then. That's some bullshit.
5: Uh he invited me. Okay. Um kind of when I did that last uh I did that privateer privateer island pod with him yep. during Supercross. Yeah, Privateer Island. He said, Dude, we didn't even see it. I'm like, Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I haven't really uh pursued it. Reached, yeah, I haven't pursued it much. I got a lot going on and uh sure. I know he's got a lot of good co hosts all the time too, so
3: You got a favorite? I I,
0: uh
5: mm, I mean Kiefer always crafts me up. he's it, it, gotta be
0: yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's. up there.
5: I don't, I don't. really. Yeah, I don't really know Kiefer personally, but um, dude, he's he's funny as hell.
3: Yeah, it's funny. If, I just. I don't have this in my notes, but you just made me think of it. So when I called in, you guys remember, like Steve was like, "Hey, have you talked to Kiefer? Right? We were. He's he wants to talk to you about the relationship stuff. He's got he's got some things to mm-hmm. say." So I texted Kiefer, and Kiefer was like, I, "I have no idea what he's talking about." Which this is the second <laughs> fucking time that this has happened. <laughs> And the, the last time Steve was lying, or Kiefer was lying, because I was like, dude, just be honest. I don't even remember what it was, the topic was. And he finally, like, oh, it was the front fender. It was the fucking graphics. And Kiefer's like, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. And then I finally I was like, dude, just be honest. I, I'm like, we're friends. I can take it. And then he was honest. But I, I still feel like he's probably doing the same thing. Like, he probably does have shit to say, but he thinks I'm going to be offended. So, Kiefer, I know you're listening. It's cool, man. We can talk. Well, let's talk. Uh, all right. We know Dylan. We Frank. know you're
5: in a dark place.
3: Uh, it's getting better, man. It's getting better. I sign on <laughs> my house tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm going to finish painting and hopefully the studio will be, I'll be putting the studio together. That's the first thing I'm going to do actually, uh, probably Saturday and Sunday. So it's, it's getting better, man. Nice. We're yeah. all here for you, dark side. I appreciate that, Van. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, as we know, Dylan, Fran, is the points later. Still a little bit of a surprise to some people, and early in the show, Steve asked Chuck if he saw him losing it. Ferrandez has a 19-point lead
4: out of five to his, five to his uh, point standings mm-hmm. right now. And I don't know, man. Like, do you see him losing this? Like, I, I kind of don't, I man. I don't.
0: I really I don't. I mean, a bike problem. Yeah.
4: You know, yeah. I don't see him. Could he eat shit in DNF? Yes. Sure. Yeah, but. but uh, is anybody so- going to straight out outride him?
0: Not anytime soon that I can I don't, tell.
4: I don't even see him crashing out, you know? Yeah, he's, he's just I, solid. Yeah, I, I, a bike issue could knock some of that points off. But, like, I, I think, and I've said this before, I think Kenny, as the season goes on, might start mm-hmm. slowing down a little bit. Eli's already so far back.
0: He has more experience, too, right? He's a rookie. But, but he's way more experienced than anybody gives him credit for. You right. know what I mean? Like, he, he's right. been around a long oh, time. Yeah. He no, no, 26 years he's 26 years old, right? Yeah, like, he's, yeah, he's yeah. in his mid-upper 20s. Like, he's been there. He's done it. Um so he's not a rookie kid that's making his debut in the 4.50 clock. Yeah,
3: that's a good point, Cass Uh Van, are you on board with their opinion that Dylan's not going to throw this thing away? Probably nobody's going to beat him straight up?
5: Yeah, I don't think anyone is, dude. I mean, he's just like watching the TV broadcast. Uh, dude, he's just ripping. And he's like, he sends it, dude. And he, yeah, But he's, he, he's like for how hard he's sending it and just going for it, he doesn't make many mistakes. And he's got like, it seems like he's got the total package right now. And they talked about it. Now that his starts are coming around, like dude, everyone's kind of in trouble right now. He's riding so good and not making mistakes. And now he's got starts and dude, he's, he's got to figure it out right now.
3: Yeah. It's kind of like Zacco last year and, you know, mm-hmm. in outdoors and Cooper, when he won his first Supercross championship, like just when every, when things start going right, when it's your year, it's just your ear, everything falls into place uh yeah it seems like it's heading that way cheyenne how about you do you have a different opinion or i mean uh i think we forget some people do forget or don't realize that he is technically really more of a vet he's a vet he's been around right i mean he's done a lot
6: yeah he's got a lot of experience you know from the gps and you know obviously just the amount of time he's raced here i mean yeah he's kind of got it going on but you know it's racing anything can happen at the end of the day um all it takes is one moto of his bike blowing up so to say if that was happening or some sort of dnf or some just some crazy thing happening where the momentum gets shifted could you know change this whole thing so uh i still think it's far from over yeah yeah but but far as uh if so to say he just keeps doing what he's doing yeah these guys i think we're i think everybody's in trouble
3: yeah i agree uh, okay, so guys, this, this week was kind of a, what I would consider a guest-heavy show. Sometimes, like show 469, that had Filthy Phil, Trey Kennard. We had the Dylan versus Betts segment, and um, Debo was supposed to call in but didn't make it. That show was more of a general conversation, like the not-a-ton of guests. Shine, do you have a preference, or, or is one a preference over the other, or do you like them equally for different reasons? Does it matter how the show flows as long as it's good content?
6: Yeah, and no, I think as uh, long as there's content, and I, like I said, I don't think there's been a bad show. I mean, I think it's good to have it mixed up too. You have a fun show that's light, and then you have a, a show that's a little more serious. You know, like I feel like the show me and Logan did was a pretty funny show, and a lot of people liked it. And then I feel like this last show was a little more, um, you know, serious, and people like that too. So I think it's a good mix.
3: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Van, how about you? Do you do you have a preference?
5: Uh, I wouldn't say I have a preference, really. I like what Giantsa said. Um, I think they're all good shows. I mean, if you're a fan of the sport and like to learn more about the sport, I mean, you're getting so much knowledge about so much. I mean, just off the track stuff, on the track stuff, on every single show. So every show is entertaining, but um, this one, yeah, being being more guess um heavy or what do you call it yeah guess um,
3: that's what i said, guess heavy
5: yeah I, it was we got a lot of different sides of it you know like mm-hmm. with uh what was the twisted tees guy's name um the, the who yeah yeah oh, it, billy grotto was, billy grotto yeah billy billy D, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that was like a a change up too a yeah. guy kind of from the outside um that's now getting into the sport like yep. we don't get that that often and so that was that was kind of a new like guest segment I felt like and uh like it was, it was cool to hear all sides of it so I kind of like the, the more guest heavy side of things if I had to choose one really
3: okay now Cheyenne mentioned earlier that he, he kind of chills out Monday night he listens or watches the show live which I think that's my that's the way I do it I watch it but what's what is your listening habit Van do you listen throughout the week normally or do, you know when you're traveling to a race or a track or how do you usually listen
5: um i literally just finished
3: a show right before you called
5: um (laughs) yeah it's not easy sometimes
3: getting it in before wednesday night
5: no i don't i don't really have time on monday night just to sit down and listen to it yeah and uh so like tuesday morning usually i'm pretty pumped like on my drive to pick up kids to bring them to the track i start listening to the show but then i got to pick up these kids and they don't want to listen to it so then i listen to some music then i jump on the tractor and i'll throw the show back on and then i bring the kids home and i'll put back on music and then i drive by myself back home and i'll throw the show back on kind of the whole week is kind of in and out of music and listening to parts of the show until i finish it usually like on wednesday
3: that's cool. You, you make it, you savor it. You make it last the mm-hmm. week. Yeah.
5: I do, dude. And like, <laughs> even when I'm on, when I'm on the, on the tractor, like every day or the dozer, um, I throw the show on and it's, I've actually started to go away from that. Cause I feel like I can't really take it in when I'm like doing track work. Sure. Uh, I'm like super focused on what I'm doing and listening to the show. So I'm like, I feel like I miss parts almost. Um, but, but I've kind of, Change to just driving mainly when I drive back and forth, commute back and forth.
3: Very cool. All right. Hey, Cheyenne, what's, uh, what are your thoughts on Guts Racing, man? You, 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 uh, use them? Oh, yeah. Love those guys. They have, uh,
6: they've been so good to me. Um, anytime I've needed something, they have made sure it's happened. And I'm actually going to be installing a new fresh seat cover tonight for Millville this weekend.
3: All right. Velcro stop, Velcro wing. What's, it, what do you got? What are the, what are the factors of um, your seat?
6: So right now I'm just gonna run the normal gripper seat with the ribs that we staple on. Yeah. Um, I have tested the wing seat uh, when I rode a Husqvarna for a little bit last year, and uh, I liked it. But um, I kind of I've <clears throat> haven't tried it on the gas gas. I've just been running the the normal uh, normal seat cover.
3: Okay. Well, they are the premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers of foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Check out gutsracing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Thanks to Andy Gregg, He is fucking rad. Well, 24-time, supposedly, according to Steve, (laughs) GNCC champion Caleb Russell joined uh, to discuss racing outdoors. You kind of touched on this a little bit at the beginning, Cheyenne. Uh, they talked about it not going great and Caleb dropped this. Dude, I got a, I got a
1: phone call the uh, Thursday before Southwick from uh Roger. He was like he's like, Yeah, he's like, you know, I've got a lot of pressure from uh Europe and you know, if the results aren't there, uh we we might have to uh Really? Uh you know you know, pull the plug. And I was like uh I was like, Okay, uh I I didn't know what to say honestly like obviously Red Butt didn't go it was terrible for me right. it was awful it that was literally my my third national ever right right, right.
0: and you crashed you know yeah, third a bunch.
1: national ever in the first moto I fucked my ankle up I uh, talked the team into letting me do high point because I've always wanted to race high point. 15th Moto One. I mean, yeah. what, what else do you expect from me?
4: I, mean, uh, I think that's fine. Absolutely. That's a, yep.
1: That's a pretty damn good result for a dry race for <laughs> you know my my second ever pro national. Yeah. I, I'm a realistic type of person. You know, I, I have yeah. realistic expectations for myself, and you know it's unfair. My you know, the, my career path has led to unrealistic expectations from lots, lots of people inside the industry, outside the industry. They expect more of me on a factory bike, and, man, I'm just trying my
3: best. Man, I'm going to go to you first. When he first started telling that story, I thought he was joking. Like, at the very, <laughs> the very first sentence of, you know, Roger called me and talked about pulling the plug, I thought he was just telling a joke. As it went on, I was like, wow, that's – brutal dude that is like shows really that's a very good example of how brutal how demanding the industry is we think about like we talk about all the time the rookies coming in and we're gonna actually mention that when we get to the will Hahn segment and what's expected of those guys but this guy comes over from running off-road and is like has a couple of bad results and you're about to be done jesus
5: yeah dude that was definitely heavy i mean it's it's cutthroat for sure, but um, like, I don't know, I, I think he hit a a good point where he said his expectations, or everyone else's expectations were super high for him. Right. And he had realistic goals, you know, it sounded like Top 15 was like his goal, but I think Raj and everyone else was thinking, since he did so well at Dilla when he came over <laughs> yeah, two yeah. years ago, um, like he should be a top 10 guy in the two video class, and Dude, he's just coming back from an injury. Like, we've all... Like, every dude that qualifies in the top 40 pretty much has been racing, like, their entire life. You know, like, I've pretty much raced with every dude in the top 40 since I was, like, young, basically. And Caleb's never done any of that. So how can... I don't know. I, his expectation... Or everyone expects so much from him. And I, it was cool to hear him saying, like, yeah, dude, like, I, I mean... I was about to get cut, and I'm like, "What do you really expect?" I yeah, mean, like, yeah. <laughs> like, Raj is like expecting him to go out there and podium, and but I mean, that'd be so tough to do. I mean, he doesn't Shy- have, yeah, yeah. I mean,
3: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cheyenne, I was impressed though that he didn't pull. He didn't pull any punches with that. Like, he's like, "Yeah, dude, like that's ridiculous." I think that, I, I am more realistic. You know, like Van said. You know, Caleb said, I'm more realistic. He didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't try to make it sound like, oh, yeah, I should have done better. And no, he was like, fuck, that's ridiculous.
6: Yeah, no, <clears throat> kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, just him being being open about it, you know. Uh, I mean, this sport's tough. It's, it's crazy, you know, to think somebody can be as good as he is and get a phone call like that after one bad weekend. <laughs> you know, I mean – yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Our, our our sports um like no other.
3: I would agree with that, and I think Steve and the Pulp Mix show they they touch on that stuff quite often. Uh, he also said Cheyenne that he was kind of bummed he didn't withhold a year with, from the GNC because he feels like he'd have this big points lead. I kind of man, I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on this. Cause I felt like he was almost insulting. Ben Kelly and Stu a little bit with that a little cocky or no?
6: No, I, I don't okay. think he was insulting anybody. He just, that, I mean, that dude, in the himself. guy's gnarly off road. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he knows it's just like me. So to say, when we like these local off road races, like when I go, I, I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, well I'm, I know I'm, I should win, you know? Okay. Cause I grew up racing off road. Yeah. So, I've raced against some pretty gnarly dudes and anyways he has too I mean he's raced against the best off-road riders in the world and beat them so and the guys that are racing right now he's already beat for years upon years upon years so it's kind of one of those things he's like well I mean I've already beat them before and I just beat them last year so what would be different this year uh nobody's you know in his opinion nobody's really stepped their game up that much to that would have been a threat to him so um yeah no i I didn't take it cocky at all i just took it as he he knows what he can do off-road's this thing and um he's probably one of the best in the world at it i would say that is a
3: fantastic can't
6: can't really uh can't really argue with him he didn't say nothing and you know and he didn't say anything like oh yeah i'd smoke the guys he just was like yeah he's like uh probably would be winning right
3: yeah fair enough all right i'll 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 accept your your opinion Although, like we talked about earlier, I don't think you have the best choices. You don't have the best taste, but that's all right, uh, dude. Don't. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Twitter, Twitter poll. Uh, motorsport. Do we need a keeper ink testing on it? Yeah, I, we can. We 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 can see what he thinks. We'll, we'll hit him up after this. <laughs> but hey, Motorsport dot com. Filthy Phil check in has become one of my absolute favorite moments every Monday night. Van. Um, you cannot disagree with me. Phil's the best.
5: Yeah, Phil is absolutely the best. Um, they I, – I have a, a distinct – I think uh, Steve asked Charles, like, if he had a story about Phil, Yeah. right, during the show. Yep, and he yep. said oh, – I mean, not really. I just remember his first race pro at uh, – what was it? Uh, dang, I forgot what track it was. Uh, but I remember Phil – he actually rode for Honda Houston when my dad was running the amateur program back then. And he showed up Gator back was his first race for us. Uh-huh. And dude, he was number 71 on a Honda. And I would never forget when I, when my dad introduced me to him as before the week had started. And dude, he wore these glasses and he wore them. I'm pretty sure he wore them under his goggles. He had this little Afro. He looked so like, he looked nerdy almost. And I was like, dude, there's no way this kid's going to be fast. And he was like, was ripping like battling with Villapoto like the whole week and (laughs) just like came out of nowhere and like kind of made a name for himself actually that week. And, um, so I've known Phil for a long time and it's just, he's just never changed. Like since, (laughs) since then, just like, just really honest and yeah, it just, dude, he's he's comedy and, um, yeah, it's just, it's always a good segment.
3: Well, what I've been doing over the last few weeks with this is just cutting audio that I find funny from him. And we got a little montage.
1: Still here, still going strong. How's your weekend?
3: You know, How's your weekend, we, Phil?
1: We're, we're treading water, taking on water, whatever way you want to look at it, but we're doing all right. Surprise, the smallest little thing can turn into an absolute fucking nightmare. So, uh, the American House. Health systems are scams. Amar's a little tougher than I am. I have no idea what the fuck happened this year. So if I have to live in Canada, I'm not going. To... Have you not seen Canadians lately? Fuck coop. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he sucks. You know, I'm watching the wrong fucking thing right uh, now. Hold- yeah, all right. Well, if you ain't going, maybe I won't go. I don't know. We'll see.
0: All
3: right, uh, Cheyenne. Not not as many gold quotes as the last few weeks, but I I thought the greatest part of the Phil interview was when Weege called in.
6: Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's funny every week. That's definitely uh, one of those segments that you just know you're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of laughing probably on our end about it. I would say this
3: week w- was probably
6: the most positive one he's done yet. Yeah. he was hurt. Well, that's why there's not as much.
3: That's why I don't have as much audio because he was more positive than he he has been.
6: I know. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's a great segment. Yeah, I think it's uh. I think people are, have really come to uh to enjoy it.
3: Oh yeah, it's definitely a highlight of the Pulp show. <clears throat> Everybody really has gotten to know Phil through that and like I brought up Weeds calling and they were busting his balls about the TV cover. So I, I think Steve must have texted him and asked him to call and uh you know, he, he talked about the coverage. He respond he, I thought it was funny Cheyenne that he responds on vital just because people people are asking or Talking shit about the silence transitioning back into the live show. And and again, it sort of goes back to the YouTube stuff. Like people just like are they that dumb they don't understand how things work? Disability Island. Disability Island, exactly. <laughs> the carrot ear fuckers.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. I
6: tell you what, every time I see a fucking carrot on the show or one of those videos, I about lose it. Yeah, that's all mine I just cannot be more proud to be a part of that.
3: That was also, I think, the first time my my intro got used. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we and Logan about pissed ourselves. Yeah, and I was like, I knew it was coming because I had already been sent it on Twitter. And yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just <sighs> hey. crashed Damon, bro, it's all Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. See, those motherfuckers should be thanking me because I was willing to send the audio over. It's not like you know somebody else got the audio. I had to. I had to be willing to throw myself under the bus, so I, I want some credit for that shit. But anyway. It's, you're a good sport, Dark Side. Yeah, Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. Van, do you have a favorite segment on the Pulp Mech show? A weekly segment, um, you know, random segment, like future headlines that comes up when JT's on, anything that just you can't wait for?
0: I
5: like future headlines, yeah. I know JT doesn't really like them. That's why they're good. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it it is for sure. It's either one way or the complete opposite. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, No no in-between. But um, I think my favorite uh, probably the race tech rant. I mean, sometimes they're not too great, but right, most of right. time, most of the time, Steve gets pissed off and he starts going off, and yep. and then the co-host gets pissed off and starts going off. But um, that's yeah, that's probably the best.
3: I didn't even have to prep you for that race tech rant. Pulp twenty one to save. Here we go.
4: Max Anstey, the HEP Suzuki rider, didn't mm-hmm. have a good day at Southwick. Uh, didn't qualify well. Didn't uh, had a bike issue in one moto. And Max was probably thinking, you know, ah, oh, GPS, Lomo, Vulcan Swat. I am going to kill it at Southwick. Well, Southwick's different than mm-hmm. those places. That's okay. That happens. What I, what what didn't what did happen that I didn't like was his wife or girlfriend posted on social media. She said he's risking his life on this. That's a fact. On this dangerous motorcycle. That's where
0: it gets out of hand.
4: Yeah. Okay. Did you see this? No. Oh, but okay. I, yeah, 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 heard yeah. of it. Right. If I am a racer and my chick does that, I am just, I am just telling her to never do that again. Like, don't ever, ever post. Like, hey, Max, does Dustin Pipes post? Team did a great job today. Clark Jones did an awesome job on the bike, but Max Anstey sucked balls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Would that be cool
4: if he did? But guess what? You're all in this together, including you, Chick, who probably doesn't have a job. I'm just going to make an assumption. Probably doesn't have a job. Probably lives off Max Anstey's income. Don't do that. Other yep. teams see that, other managers see that. They know that Hep isn't a factory team. Mm-hmm. They but Max hasn't done anything. He had a good Supercross season. Not a great Supercross mm-hmm. season. Max hasn't done anything to get someone else interested in hiring. Would you agree with me on that? I would agree. Don't post on social your feelings that your boyfriend or husband is getting screwed over by their team. Cuz how would you like it if the owner of Hep posted a thing of, of Max sucking balls and said, our bike was good today. Heart raft just got a ninth. Looks like this asshole can't even break the top 20.
3: All right, Van. You're married. Your wife is, mm-hmm. uh, is, is involved in your program. She helps you out. She helps you out at the track. She's, she's been mm-hmm. a part of it for a long time. Steve not pulling any punches here. I love it. Um, but, yeah, man, we see this a lot on social media, right? I mean, it's yeah. I don't know that it's a fine line, but, how, you know, what do you think about what happened? What do you think about the rant? And how do you handle that with your chick?
5: Um, I have Miranda to stay out of it, but she doesn't really like drama anyways. Um, She had one time where she wanted to uh, kind of tweet something out on her side and, and Instagram where I was like, you just need to chill. Like, what? Don't, don't stir the pot. I handle my own shit, basically. Yeah. You know, like. And uh yeah, I couldn't agree more with what Steve was saying. I mean that's that's not a good look. Um and people are gonna see it, obviously, and it's gonna go around and it just gives you kind of a bad rap. I had uh, I don't even know. ah oh, fuck it, I'll say it. Um so in twenty nineteen, uh Triple Crown A two Mm-hmm. Anaheim, I don't know. It was either Anaheim one or Anaheim two or something like that. If it was a triple and, crown, uh, it was Anaheim one. Yeah, it was a triple crown and uh I actually pulled the whole shot in the LCQ and um uh, I Chiz ran in the back of me high sided crashed. It was like the only main event he didn't make all year and he posted a video of it. I don't know if you remember Dark Side, but um he kinda called me out. And, uh, and then Brittany went on there and like said that fucking guy, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. Like talking about me.
3: Oh, wow. No, I didn't see any of that.
5: Yeah. Um, so kind of like the same thing that Nancy's wife did a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't too fond of that, especially because, um, yeah, she like, they, he didn't tag me. She didn't tag me, but obviously I saw it and then I had some fans on my side kind of defending me. Cause I had the whole shot and I just came over and, uh, he wasn't too happy about it. She wasn't happy about it. And I, I wanted to be like, now. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of wanted to be like, Miranda has bought some of her shirts that, that <laughs> Brittany was selling. And I, I almost wanted like on one hand to be like, yo, like I and she even had some of her friends buy some of Britney's stuff. Uh-huh. And I almost wanted to be like, look, you're losing business just from, like social media, like going off on something that you don't even need to be a part of basically. And, uh, it's kind of the same scenario that auntie's wife did. And, um, yeah, it's just not a good look for anyone around really to have the, the wife or the female kind of pitch in when it's the, uh, it's the guy's shit to handle. Like the girl doesn't need to be a part of it basically.
3: Yeah, it is, it is a bad look. Uh, but then at the same time, I understand to some degree that when these people really love their their husband, their boyfriend, their rider, you know, even Pookie, Pookie will defend Steve to to the death in certain mm-hmm. situations because you care about that person. So I I kind of see both sides. But yeah. Cheyenne, it is a very small industry. Uh, saying something like that, like Steve said, it looks bad. Other teams are going to see it. Other team managers are going to see it. And down the road, when Max may be looking for another ride, the team could take that into effect or into you know consideration. Was like. Do if this was something that happened regularly, do we want to deal with that? So yeah, it's 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 a fine line again. Like we talked about earlier, like to, you got to kind of control yourself.
6: Shane. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's a small industry. I didn't even see the post. I just I saw it on Twitter like hours after the race. And yeah, so. Word spreads fast. Trust me, I I know all about it. So um, yeah, no, it's just uh, I don't know. Our industry is just again, it's a different industry, and uh,
3: it is. But I mean, I, I think it, you probably have but, that in major sports too. I would think. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know did right. Janelle, what's her name, Janelle Boonchin ever gets on Twitter and fucking defends Tom Brady or not? But I'm sure it happens in other sports. It's also it's just. I'm sure that this won't affect
6: him in the future with anything. I mean, it's a one-time incident. If she was on there every week saying yeah. something, yeah. then then yeah. But a one-time thing. Sure. By the sounds of it, things aren't going great with the team, yeah. and probably nobody's happy, and frustrations and tensions are getting high. And um, so, yeah, maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. But um, heat of the moment. A heat of the moment thing. I mean, I think we've all done dumb things, and I'm sure there was a discussion about it. And I'm sure they'll all work past it, but I have a hard time thinking that that will affect his personal stuff in the future.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I, I love that Steve brought it up though, our, like, right? Because like this. Our,
6: go ahead. You know, I was just gonna say. I mean, as small as our industry is, people do forget about stuff after a little period of time yeah, once, the, the, next, once so, the
3: next thing happens
6: yeah so <laughs> it, nobody will even remember about this and i'm off yeah
3: but the, i think it's cool that steve's willing to bring this up and this is not one of your major motocross supercross topics where he could piss off a rider because he says so so is having a bad not riding to his full potential or whatever you know or, what has happened before right where he says something negative about a rider and the rider gets mad but this is like it's still he could he says this. It could get back back to Max. Max would be like, Well, I'm never doing an interview with you again. But Steve doesn't give a shit because he wants to talk about it, so he brought it up and he's not afraid to step on toes. So gotta give credit to Steve for that. We also had a second rant. It was quicker. Charles was pretty pretty quick on it, but let's listen.
0: How the hell can the AMA life scoring not work all the time? Like <laughs> thank, thank and, and when I thank you. When I say all the time, I mean like There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be technical. I get it. I understand it. I understand we're going to rural areas that have bad Wi-Fi or maybe poor cell service, but we've been there 35 times. How do we not know the challenges that are in front of us to be able to fix the life scoring so that it can run 95% flawlessly on a Saturday?
3: Yeah, so I was obviously – I'm a fantasy – pulp fantasy player – I had my laptop open, trying to keep up my score, and I can't get a fucking score because AMA live timing doesn't work. And I was a little, a little hot, but, you know, I, I just kind of accepted it because it's the AMA. What I did feel bad for was on the Pulp Fantasy chat room, all the people were, like, blowing up Marks. Like, what the fuck, Marks? This is bullshit. And it's not even, you know, it's not Marks' fault. So, yeah, AMA, come on, man, get your shit together. We're not going to touch on that too much. We all know that AMA has issues. It's it's fucking yeah. silly. Never uh, change AMA. Don't change AMA. Okay, Cheyenne, you've spent some time with Steve at his house. Uh, he he. Anybody that doesn't realize this, I think he's mentioned it multiple times. But he gives everybody when they uh, every co-host he gives them a little cash. He pays for their flight. Uh, Van, you've dealt with him on the privateer island. Steve has this persona of being grumpy. Unfriendly, not wanting to hang out with people. Shine, what was your experience when you were in Vegas? And in just experience as Steve's actual personality.
6: No, he was uh, he was awesome, and he was very personable too. And uh, you know, it wasn't like he thought he was too cool for us, any in any sort of way. And me and Logan were both kind of blown away that you know he paid for our flights and hotel and even the little bit of money he gave us was like whoa like really like yeah sweet thank you uh yeah um you know i think like you said people take it that way but you know one thing that really stuck out to me when i got to his house on his front porch he had a basket there uh and there was a little note on it it said delivery drivers uh please take what you want and you open it and there was snacks in there and stuff and it's like that's poofy. I even told Logan I was like well it doesn't matter I mean yeah. it's it that that's a representation of him as well you know it it's is. just still yeah. that that tells you what kind of people they are you know I mean that that's that's a very thoughtful gesture because uh, I'm sure that he gets packages a lot and um, you know these delivery drivers are obviously are working hard especially during the summer when it's hot and carrying packages up and down doorsteps and all that and anyways, it was just a, they're very good people. And it was just a very, that was something that really stuck out to me that did that. It's just like, man, that should just tell you everything you need to know about them. They're very good people. And um, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. Very, very much appreciated.
3: All right, Van, the little bit of um, interactions you've had with Steve, same thing, just a lot better guy than maybe people think that don't really know him.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he seems like a dick sometimes because they'll, like, I don't know, sometimes they'll hang up on callers or whatever. <laughs> and, like, like, uh, like That's that. That's on the
3: callers most of the time, man. Get your shit together, callers.
5: Yeah. Like that one kid that called in. Remember that one dad that called in at one time and then the kid was, like, <laughs> yes. hesitating That's ask questions yeah, he hung yeah, up yeah, on him. Yeah. Yeah. Like certain things like that. But, um, he <laughs> is very generous. You can tell he's, he's a good, good man at heart. I mean, just, you just look at all everything he's done for the private years and that just speaks for itself right there. I mean, he's looking for out for us and, uh, trying to make sure like we make some money too. And, uh, yeah, you know, like he's, he's a good dude all around.
3: I, I agree. He puts off this persona again and yeah, he, you know, he, he likes to shit on people, but I think most of it's in fun. Most of it's in character. So, uh, all right. My highlight, Will Hahn is fucking back. Drink it in. Let's listen.
4: If if Star Racing doesn't go to Florida, you're still at Star Racing. Is that fair to say?
2: Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I, I wasn't unhappy. And it's not like right. everyone there didn't treat me fantastic because I, I couldn't say that, you know, by telling the truth. So, uh, yeah, I was happy and it was good. And but also, like, I don't know, this opportunity it's really cool and unique too so uh, it's tough i mean I still, have, I still have a passion for training i mean i trained every day since i mean shit it seems like i was done pretty much i didn't take much time off of that because i did enjoy it even when i was racing i guess this is a passion of mine but i didn't really realize that it was a possibility either are you doing riding stuff with bam
4: too or are you more helping 250 kids with the riding stuff and you're training with bam and 250 guys
2: I think well, yeah, to focus more maybe on Pierce and stuff like that, but it's still helping Justin. I think a fair bit. I mean, right. I think he can always improve on things, and he's really open to it right now. And I think he kind of wants that. And I think just a uh, you know a break in the normal routine of things is kind of fun at times too. Like just go do sections and try this or try that, try that line. Or I think that that's kind of what keeps it um, fun at this point of the year, especially you know all the supercross and still racing now.
3: Uh, Van, man, you know we claim at least I, I do. I claim Will as a Texas boy. How mm-hmm. great is it to have him back, man? I, I mean, look, this, him not being able to come on because of the star shit was bullshit. But he's back. I love it.
5: Yeah, Will's Will's a great dude. I've known Will since I was super young too. It's yep. It's kind of cool as as you're bringing up Will's name, I realize that. Like I've been around Charles for a long time. I've done Phil for a long time, and Will. Like they've <laughs> right? all gone. They've all gone through haunted Houston. My dad helped them out at one point. So, um, all three of those dudes are just genuine good dudes. And Will, yeah, he's dude, He's he's funny. He's he's smart. He's a hard worker for sure. And uh, yeah, he's just he's fun to have it on the show again. So it's good to have him back for sure.
3: Yeah, definitely all about busting Steve's balls. Shane, what do you think about? The, the middle finger game they play and the fact that Will has incorporated other people like JT to get, to get Steve. I think it's as long as there's no rule against it, I think it's it's all go. All go, all I'm fucking that up. It's all 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 okay.
6: Jesus. You know, I was thinking about this a little bit ago, how jealous I am of this game. Me too. This is, this is an awesome game. Uh I'm I'm definitely uh I'm hoping that one day i'm gonna be be right in the middle of the firing line and get the witnesses
3: <laughs> yeah it's it's fantastic um they also talked about the young guys, the rookies not being prepared to to be beat coming out of the, you know the amateurs and their expectations
4: Do you feel like these guys um do they get a bit like and you've been there, will as a pro and certainly you know you've seen their riders come and go. Do, is it just like they can't handle getting beat every week they've never it's never happened to them right so what happens to these
2: kids i do know what it's like to come in with the pros with an expectation it's pretty hard to get super motivated in the morning knowing that uh, you might ride the whole 35 minutes and not score a point you lose a little bit of that confidence you expect to come in and be a top 5 guy or maybe it's just top 10 however you feel and you don't achieve that right away it's uh it's humbling and it also
0: it's just hard to recover from it's easy it's an easy downward spiral to get caught in right like you're and then you almost get used to losing you start to get like beat down by not achieving those goals and it's it's a tough downward spiral and then you turn a corner to where which is the bad corner but then you're like almost used to that hoping for top 15 now where you know six months ago a year ago you were hoping to get on the podium
3: Cheyenne, you mentioned earlier like how different our sport is. And I, I said it's brutal. We talk Steve's talked about that a million times. A lot is expected out of these young kids that come in, they're used to winning all the time. They've been everything's been catered to. And now they're in this field where all the guys they're racing against pretty much have been in that situation. They have more experience. And the the, the industry doesn't really give them necessarily the time to develop. I really like what Caslu said too there at the end that like they get bad results or what we, what the industry considers bad results for them a 15th and it almost becomes like, well, that's what I expect. It's it's really like, I wish there was some way to that we could figure out to fix this. Cause it's, it's tough, man. Some of these kids just fall through the cracks.
6: Yeah. Just back to what we were saying. It's cut their cutthroat sport. I yeah. mean, we got Caleb Russell, 24 time GNGC champion.
4: Uh,
6: yeah. You know, right, right on the verge of uh, maybe losing a ride and he's a pretty bad dude. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people too are not at the races watching, you know, if you're at the race, if you, if, you know, if you're, if you're on TV watching and you're like, Oh yeah, guy's running 13th. That's not good. But if you're actually at the race and you're watching, maybe the dude is actually riding pretty good. He's just, he's got to figure some things out and uh, a lot of people don't see that you know they just see the our sport is very black and white it's whatever your result is on paper uh that, that that's where you're at you know a lot of people don't look at okay damn that kid was riding actually pretty good he just he needs some more time but uh yeah no everybody it's just it's
3: it's wild. It's, we need you to win <laughs> right now. That, that yeah. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, Matt. How about what are your thoughts on it, man? I mean, it's um, it sucks, man. We take a kid like Thrasher right at the beginning of Supercross. Like, oh boy, is this kid even going to have a ride next year? And then all of a sudden, he starts. He gets a couple. You know, does really well. Starts gets a couple of good races, and all of a sudden, you're like, it just it's so uh, wishy washy almost. Like these kids just, they're too young to. Handle all that, I think, right off the bat, you got to give them a few years,
5: yeah, absolutely, I mean, it kind of it speaks for how like mental it is, yeah, really, yeah, absolutely, you know, like um these kids are so used to winning, and then they turn pro and it's like, shit, I can't even get a top fifteen, you know, like what will said, um he came out of amateurs and then it was like, you're expecting a podium, then all of a sudden you're like Holy crap, I just raced thirty five minutes and barely scored a point. You <laughs> yeah, know, like was, yes, yes. Dude, it's just like um it breaks you down. Like it's so hard to come back from and um yeah, it takes years to get over it and there's been but there has been like those you know, those generational talents, as they call it. Um, like, you know, R V came out of amateurs so or winning right away, Canard, um, Don G. Jet back in the day. Yeah, I mean Jet. Jet. <laughs> Kinda. It took him a little bit to figure it out, yeah, but um, sure. but like there's, there's been a high, I don't know, there's uh, like a high standard, or I mean, uh, like we what we talked about with Caleb, it was just the expectations. high expectations, like right away for some of these kids, and when you don't re- meet it right away, it's it's hard to turn the shit back around, you know, and uh that's what a lot of these kids are dealing with, and. And they're hoping, all these teams are hoping that these kids are going to come out of amateurs winning everything and just go straight to winning. And that's kind of what the kids are thinking, too. But when it don't happen, it's you got to kind of readjust your goals and then try to keep building from that. And it, it just takes time. And it's dude, it's it's frustrating. I know that. And it's uh, it's it breaks you down and it's hard to rebuild after that.
3: No doubt. Uh, Van, we talked to, I asked you who your favorite co-host was earlier. What are your thoughts on Randy Richardson?
5: Oh, I like Randy a lot. He's, he's always a good one. He's, he's comedy, straight comedy.
3: Straight comedy, and also a proud sponsor of the Pulp Mix wrap-up show through the Michelin Bicycle Tires. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zinc and 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Visit bike.michelin.com for all the details of Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. All right, just a few more things to touch on. Uh, I called in, and there was a couple topics when I called in. Cheyenne, do either one of you watch the press conferences? Um, Sometimes, but not more not, often than not, not, not too often, yeah. Okay, so uh, the guy I think last week brought up that the background's that we use on zoom or they look on professional, uh, and the bandana. Okay. I'll give them that one. It's funny. I had somebody reach out to me today and showed me some pictures from press conferences in, well, let me ask you this, Van: what do you think the most popular sport in the entire world is?
5: Mm, soccer.
3: Okay. Would you agree, Cheyenne? Y- y- y-
1: um,
3: I don't know. I'm not too much in the sports, but yeah, that or, yeah, I guess I guess okay. so. worldwide I think soccer is. And he sent me a like some screenshots of press conferences and all the press, or a bunch of the press anyway, in soccer had the same the backgrounds like that. I felt like it's more professional because it shows who we're affiliated with. And then we throw our sponsors in there because just like the racers do. Uh the guy you know, so yeah, I don't know. Let let it go, guys. It's the, the it looks better than like if I don't have that, all the the background's gonna be is the background of my studio which is my banner with the show logo anyway. So whatever, you know, I think it's fine. I think it's just one of those things that people need to shut the fuck up about. It's not that big of a deal. And and as far as me keeping my hair or cutting my hair, Steve and, and Charles, it's part of who I am, man. It's just part of who I am. Like, like Thor, if I cut it off, I don't know. I I might die. (laughs) It's, It's where my power comes from. But anyway, uh, All right, X-Brand Tear Off, Pulp Code, Pulp Show 21. Steve said that he's not going to get to stay in AC's motorhome, and I think somebody, or I guess Moser asked, whose motorhome do you think you'll stay in first? I don't think he's staying in anybody's motorhome, Cheyenne. I think that's a zero. He does not He does not stay in a motorhome, uh-huh. not in our factory rider's motorhome anyway.
6: Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of becoming comical at this point. Somebody <laughs> needs to just step up and do it. I figured Adam would be the one to to let him do it.
3: Yeah, somebody actually hit me up. Somebody sent me a direct message and said, "Do you think the reason Steve, here we go with YouTube, right? Do you think the reason Steve can't stay in the motorhome is because AC is using IVs during in between motos?" <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I was like, "Well, it's not Garity impossible. It's not impossible, but I hope not." Uh the other thing from the X brand that I kind of thought was funny is that it came brought got brought up Van that Cameron Mcadoo thinks RJ is loose. That's pretty good.
5: Yeah, that's know. a good one for sure. Yeah. I think they're uh, they're pretty equal there.
3: They're both pretty loose. All right, last, call the kettle black. Yeah, yeah. The last uh, guest that I want to talk about. Obviously, we touched on him. Twisted Tease Billy Grotto. You guys really dug him. A lot of people really dug him. Um he was kind of like a hype man. Like, I thought he was, you know, he was, I'm not even going to say who he reminded me of, but he he was fired up. He's very passionate about the fans of the sport, and he said, you know, he didn't know much about our sport van, but it didn't take him long to uh, get interested in it, right? And he, and, the, and he also mentioned that the culture of their company is family. What I like about mm-hmm. this is how passionate he is to be a part of the sport, and this is the kind of outside sponsors that Steve talks about all the time, that we need and it seems like as of right now this company is is very much in and i loved it
5: yeah for sure that was that was a super cool part to hear from him i mean like a dude that usually when you get a big company like that it's because someone started off as a fan of the sport yes yes. that's what steve talks about that all the time but to know that he didn't really know much about moto yeah dustin uh, did all this yeah, big props to Dustin, dude. I mean I always knew he was smart when we were on like T P J together and then to see him start the uh start the team, the H E P Suzuki team, and now now getting Twisted T and and like actually developing that relationship and now they're seems like they're full on board moto. I mean mad props to Dustin, dude. It's super cool for that. And uh yeah, I liked how um he talked about how Twisted T is it's not really like a bar, you know, like, like you don't see the Twisted tea advertising in bars so much. You see it more like outdoor events. And yeah. It just yeah. seemed like like a perfect fit, like a family environment, like just something outside. And yeah, it, it really does seem like a perfect fit. Like there it seems to be like looking from the outside, it looks like it should be a success. So it's it's cool to see it growing and it's cool to see that they're happy with it too.
3: I agree. Cheyenne, what were your thoughts on him? I know you said you liked him.
6: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's just, it's good to have people outside the sport coming in and, uh, excited about the sport. And, um, I think that, you know, that company coming in could really, some other good companies could see that and they could open more doors for our sport. So, um, yeah, no, it's just always awesome to have people who are excited about the sport and want to learn about the sport and, and, uh, and want to, just just help uh, It's it's awesome
3: yeah definitely all right guys i think for the most part that is a wrap for me for 471 before i uh close this thing out van is there anything that happened during the show anything about pulp mix anything at all that you want to touch on uh before we close this thing
5: um no i, I think i'm good i just uh it's cool what what steve's created over there i mean it's <laughs> I look forward to the show every week for sure, as I know a lot of people do. And uh, it's cool that he's – I mean, he's a good dude, like we what we yep. talked about. And um, just giving back to the privateers is always super ride for me to see. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely growing and getting bigger. And I'm turning people on to the show too. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's cool what he's got going on there. And I hope to see it just keep going. I know he's planning on retiring here soon, as he yeah. says. but. Um yeah, no, it's 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 cool. I enjoy it every week.
3: Awesome. Uh Cheyenne, anything from you?
6: Can I have my own race tech rant real quick? Absolutely. Can we keep the FMF privateer power award for privateers who are actual privateers?
3: (laughs) Well how do you how do you define a privateer?
5: Yes.
6: I'm about to I'm about to open up a can of worms and I don't give a fuck. Okay. Okay. I'm in my garage before you call changing tires. Putting exhaust on, getting ready to leave at six a.m. in the morning and drive thirteen hours. Some of the guys That's who won tier. the private, some of these guys who won the private tier power board are flying into the race, fitting out of a semi. Now, the guy who yeah. won it this last weekend is a badass dude. It's fucking solid. I am. This is in no way, shape, or form a knock at the rider. This is not necessarily anything to do with the riding, but. I, if you're flying to the race, you're not having to prep your own bike. You've got extra motor sitting in a rig, extra suspension, everything you need. All you got to do is worry about riding. I don't consider that privateer when I've been on teams and I've got to fly to the race. I don't consider myself a privateer. So Mm -hmm. I think that they need to keep this to the guys who are legit privateers. I don't care if the guy got fucking 30th, they need to start, looking at the dudes who are driving in, in a U-Haul van, driving in a beat up van who are really struggling to make it and trying to make it happen. Um, that, that That's just yeah. where I'm at. I'm sure Van agrees with that because
1: For sure,
6: we've, we've both been in the same state. We've both been on our rigs. We've both driven to races. We've both worked on our own bikes. We've both ridden some dang good bikes. You know, we know the difference. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I think that they need to make this award a, truly about being a privateer. I don't even think they need to base it off who had the best result as a privateer. I think they need to start really looking at guys who are like, yeah, I mean, give it to guys who are making it in the show, but I mean, dude, there's there's plenty of guys making it in the show that, I mean, that I know for me, I've got one bike and that's all I've got right now. Yeah. Okay. And so are some of these other, and so do some of the, these other guys that are that are out there chasing the whole series. I mean, there's a reason the racing outdoors is tough, and I spent a lot racing Supercross doing it on my own, and that's why I wasn't even going to race any outdoors. But the racer in me kicked in and so said, "I want to race." <laughs> right. But, right. Um, you know, there there's a lot of badass dudes who, I mean, Chris Cannon, like I've seen that dude in a U-Haul truck too many times, and he got 14th last weekend. I mean yeah he might get the privateer power award this weekend for that, but you know like guys like that need to be getting it more so than somebody who's getting to fly into other races and and essentially live in somewhat of a factory ride in a sense, maybe not to pay, but you're you're still getting to fly in and not have to worry about all the stuff that a true privateer is and 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 that guy's been a true privateer before too, so he knows the difference as well
3: anyways, yeah. that's just my rant um I like yeah. it, dude. That's fantastic rant. Absolutely, um, yeah,
5: yeah, dude. I agree with that a hundred percent. Like, just like what you said, even if the dude gets freaking twenty fifth, but like we each, we each knows the background of these dudes, like what they did during the week. Even some like a lot of these privateers and say like they had a tough week. You know, their bike, their practice bike blew up. They didn't get to practice all week. Like, maybe shed some light on that kind of side of the give that give that dude the privateer power award because he's literally in his van his practice bike broke or something and like i don't know dude i i just like shayana was saying i've i've been on both sides where i've literally had no money to my name and like drove overnight in a van and made it happen and got like a 22nd or something and dude and then the next weekend like the suit that's on a satellite team uh gets the privateer power award and i'm like like the first actual privateer that was straight up in a van, you know, like, dude, I, 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 I couldn't agree with that more. And even sometimes I feel fortunate like this year, riding for all South, like getting to fly to the races, um, getting some stuff, you know, paid for a little bit. I, I almost don't see that as like a privateer deal. You know, I was very fortunate and cause I know the other end of it too. I know we're paying them for all these bills and, being a straight privateer like sleeping in your van it's yeah yeah it's a lot tougher it's it's a true privateer life and um i think they i think they should award those guys for sure
3: that is a very great point and you're right and i think maybe i don't know how they change that right i mean i don't know who makes that decision but it's something that they uh, hopefully they'll hear this and maybe See what Steve has to say about it, what he thinks. But uh other than and, that And again, this is no way, shape or form a knock at yeah, the writers yeah. who get it. No, it's I, just that's clear. Yeah. That's clear. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's, there's guys like yourselves and you know, I think like Travis still Nicky me or who uh Nagy, right? Didn't Nagy used to like he would sleep in his truck, even like if somebody offered him a room, it seemed like he would sleep in his truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard that. Yeah, so yeah, those are hardcore guys, they deserve all the help so Good, good one, man. I like that, Cheyenne. Uh, okay, oh, so like that's going to be a wrap for episode 471. If you guys have any questions, comments, anything to add to Hello Pookie, hit me up, darkside at pulpmex.com. And for all of you guys that ha- sent emails to Steve, he got them. I did give you the wrong email address. I said contact at show, and there is no contact at pulpmexshow.com, but somehow... Mark's found them all and got them over to the right one. So if you want to continue to bombard and fill his Steve's email folder, please do. It's contest at com. Tell me love the wrap up show. We keep this thing going. Thanks to all our sponsors motosport.com, guts racing, Michelin bicycle tires, seal savers. Go to pulpmexshow.com, click on the sponsor deals tabs. Use the link, the discount code, save yourself some money on the products from from the sponsors that support the shows. Other than that, Cheyenne Van, it's a wrap. Thanks, guys.
5: Thanks for having us.
3: Anytime. thank you. All right, we'll see you. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? See yeah.